Will you please pray with me? Lord, whatever is going on in our lives right now, may we find rest in your promise of who you are and who you are for us. May we come into your presence to to find the peace to say, to declare, it is well with our soul. To be able to say it until we believe it fully, Lord. Until your peace consumes us. Lord, right now we just ask for you to, to speak as we look to your word. Lord, may nothing I want to say come out, but only what you would have me to say. So that we may seek you better and know you more. Just open our hearts and our ears so that we may hear from you. It's in your son's name that we come this morning trusting. Amen. This morning, we're going to back up to the Old Testament, and we're going to be in the book of 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 16, where it reads, Then the word of the Lord came to him, being Elijah, saying, Go now to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and live there. For I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he set out and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the town, a widow who was there gathering sticks, he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel so that I may drink. As she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am now gathering a couple of sticks so that I may go home and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Do not be afraid. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterwards, make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of meal will not be emptied. And the jug of oil will not fail until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. She went and did as Elijah said, so that she, as well as he and her household, ate for many days. The jar of meal was not emptied. Neither did the jug of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord. That he spoke by Elijah. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. The books of First and Second Kings are really one book that continue the story from Second Samuel. They tell the story of the kings that came after King David, and it's story after story of failure, story after story of all these kings who just continued to run Israel into the ground. King after king who failed. 
king after king who failed to be obedient to God, who, who failed to care whatsoever about the word of God, the scriptures, the law of God. And so God sent prophets. Prophets to to call out to the people, to point out to them the injustice, to remind them of what the, the word of the Lord said, that they were disobeying. Prophets who would call out the idolatry of the people when, when the people would choose to serve other gods instead of the one true God. Prophets who really like to antagonize a little bit at times. And the, one of those prophets is the prophet we encounter in today's passage, Elijah. And if you ever want to read about an interesting character, if you don't know much about Elijah, he lives an interesting life in Scripture. If you're a Star Wars fan, I've seen some pastors compare Elijah to Yoda. Even though his, the prophet who came after him, Elisha, would, would do twice the number of miracles as Elijah. Elijah has a life and a story and has a way with um, antagonizing the king that makes it fairly entertaining. Elijah, usually when we encounter him in scripture, he's antagonizing King Ahab and his wife, Jezebel. And if you ever hear in contemporary culture anyone making a remark about Jezebel, a lot of it comes from her. It goes back to her. And usually where we are most familiar with Elijah actually is in the next chapter, in 1 Kings 18, where Elijah returns to his homeland and challenges King Ahab's 850 prophets of Baal to a competition to start a fire. That's usually where we encounter Elijah, is antagonizing the king and challenging people to some contests. But today, in 1 Kings 17, this is actually where Elijah enters the biblical story without an introduction. He just shows up. And at the beginning of 1 Kings 17, Elijah declares a drought upon the country, upon this faithless, disobedient country. And right before today's passage, we see birds feeding Elijah, birds sent by God to to sustain his prophet. But then when we come to today's passage, we find God telling Elijah to go to a foreign land, to go to the land of Zarephath, where there God will command a widow to provide for him. So Elijah goes. But in Zarephath, he finds a land just like the one he left behind. A land in the midst of drought, and people hungry. But when he gets there, he does encounter a widow. But when we meet this widow, 
who's gathering sticks, we quickly find out that she is gathering these sticks to prepare a final meal for herself and her son. We encounter this widow who is preparing for the end. And there's something interesting about this widow. And it's in verse 12. It's after Elijah asks her to, to share with him. To share with him water and bread. She said, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing. Now, it's, it's probably from the way Elijah was dressed that she guessed he was a prophet based on how she addressed him. But also note that she said, as the Lord your God lives. Right there, she was drawing a line saying, you believe in a different God than me. That, <laughs> right there, we find out that the, that the widow that God had brought Elijah to was someone who did not know him. And yet, in spite of the fact of the widow being of a different faith, in spite of the fact of the widow saying, I have nothing, I'm about to prepare a final meal for myself and my son, Elijah still asks her to share with him. He asks her, to believe in something miraculous, to trust this God who she does not know, to trust that this God, that his God at his word would make sure that if she shared with him, that she would not run out. And the widow agrees. And the, and the thing is that we don't actually know if the widow believed that anything miraculous would happen. We just know that this widow agreed to share part of her, what she was thinking would be her last meal with the stranger. We see this, this beautiful act of, of compassion. The thing is, it's really easy for us to share when we find ourselves in a place of abundance, when we find ourselves feeling like we are on stable ground, when we know where our food's going to come today, we feel confident in tomorrow. When we feel confident in what we have, when we feel comfortable, it's really easy for us to share when we're asked. But sharing from a place of abundance is, is very different from sharing from a place of scarcity. When we find ourselves, not even like this widow, but just find ourselves so, so lacking of time, because it's really time is one of our greatest resources. And we feel like we can never have enough time. And then when someone asks for it, we can be a little resentful. Because time is one of 
our rarest resources or when, when someone asks for, for something from us and all we can seem to see in that area and that resource is, that, is what we're lacking. It's really a different story sharing from that place of scarcity than sharing from a place of abundance. But in today's story, we encounter this widow who doesn't know God. Who chooses to invite the stranger to partake in what she had thought would be her last meal. We see this extravagant act of compassion. This this amazing example of what it means to love our neighbor. Remember, if you were here three weeks ago, we were in the Gospel of Luke, and Jesus was on the road to Jerusalem when a lawyer asked him what he must do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus asked him, what does the book of the law say? And the man said, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves. These two things we find together in scripture because do, these two things go hand in hand. Because it is only when we know God, when we are in a relationship with God, when we love God, that we are able to love our neighbor because our neighbor is not defined by how we want to define our neighbor at times. Our neighbor is defined by whoever comes across our path in need. And as Christians, we see this played out in the New Testament letters. That when we know Jesus Christ, when we believe in the person of who Jesus is, that he is Lord. That when we know him, that out of that relationship, out of that knowledge of him as Lord, That we are empowered to love our neighbor. That we are empowered then to love these people who come asking for us, who come to us in need. But it's, it's not always easy to hear that call to love our neighbor. Especially when we're in that place of scarcity. Especially when we seem to be counting our hours, counting our money, counting what we have left. When we're in that place of scarcity, when someone comes across our path, it is so easy to be resentful and to want to send them on their way. Because when we're in that place of scarcity, even as believers, all we can see is what we're lacking. All we can see is where we're short and we can't see beyond that. And so we want to keep to ourselves what we have left. But still, I I go back to this widow. This widow 
who she didn't know the word of God. She didn't know this command to love God and to love neighbor. This widow preparing for the end, this widow with her son to think of. Think about what what we would say if we were in her place. Parents, think about your children. If you don't have children, think about the, the person you love the most in the world. And think about being so low, so scarce of, of food, of resources, that, that you feel like all you can do is provide for yourself and this, and this loved one. But then someone else, a stranger, comes in and asks for some of what we have left. And we know the command to love our neighbor, but all we can see is what we're lacking. All we can think of is ourselves and our loved one. And what would our response be if we were in the widow's place? The command to love our neighbor is not an easy command to hear. Especially when we find ourselves in places of scarcity and hard times. Where all we can see is what we're lacking. But as Christians, we are called in those hard times, in those moments where we feel like we are scarce to look beyond our circumstances and to look beyond what we feel we are lacking and to look to our God and his promises, to look to scripture and to remember that when we are faithful to God, when we are obedient to his word, that he will be faithful to us, that when we are faithful to God, that he will sustain us, even if our circumstances are telling us otherwise. As believers, we are called to always keep our focus on our God, especially when we feel like we're falling in hard times and we feel like we just want to clench our fists around all we have left. To look to our God when a neighbor comes across our path in need. And to trust in his promises to us. As we choose to be obedient to him. And so the the question for us. The thing for us to, to take with us throughout our lives. Is to carry with us the question of how is God calling us to be faithful? How is God calling us to trust him, to be obedient to him in spite of what we're seeing, in spite of what our circumstances may be trying to tell us? How in the hard times that we are facing, may we be faithful to God And choose to trust 
even when, like the widow, we may be preparing unsure of tomorrow. What does that look like for us today and tomorrow? As we seek to follow Jesus, may we carry those questions with us and truly ask ourselves how we are how we are being called to be obedient. May we begin to ask ourselves that question as we come to a close in worship today, as the offering baskets will be passed, as the worship team comes to lead us in a final song. The front will be open for any who feel led to, to come forward and pray. And for any who feel led to join this faith family, you can just come find me at the front But may we take this time to begin to really ask ourselves, how are we being called to be obedient? And what that looks like for our neighbor and for when we find ourselves in hard times. Let us pray. Lord, it is so easy to thank you when... We feel so, so blessed when we are just reminded of your blessings, of your goodness, of your faithfulness to us, when we feel ourselves on stable ground. But Lord, also help us to be thankful when we find ourselves in hard times, in moments of scarcity, because Lord, even in those moments, you are present and you are still there. Lord, help us to always look beyond our circumstances, good and bad, and help us to look to you and how you are calling us to be faithful in each moment, each day. Help us to look beyond ourselves to our neighbors that you put into our path who find themselves in need. Lord, empower us to be who you have called us to be. We just trust in you, O Lord. Help us to be faithful. It's in your son's name we come. Amen.